What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all the links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. All right, so uh, I'm monitoring uh, what's going on in Fulton County, Georgia, where the uh, hearing into whether or not Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade can continue on as the prosecutors in the uh, uh, the trial of Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, and a bunch of the other uh, GOP officials down there. Uh, and you'll recall Bradley Campbell was the divorce attorney for Nathan Wade and former business partner in the law firm, okay? Nathan Wade is apparently going through a divorce, going back like 10 years, but decided to stick it out, stay with his wife, live in the house and all of that, but claimed never to have had an affair while married in court documents. But... Yes, he kind of was in this relationship, and so there's there's been this big fight. I'm trying to just kind of recap all of this off the top of my head here. So uh, Fannie Willis, she gets elected as DA running on a campaign of Get Trump. She then hires Nathan Wade to be one of the special or the special prosecutor to get Trump. Uh, she pays him a whole bunch of money. Uh, meanwhile, they are they're traveling, they're dating. He's staying at her place and all this. We heard about cell phone records. But one of the the key uh, witnesses in the hearing, because when the, the lawyers for Trump's team and Giuliani and Meadows, when they found out that Fannie and this uh, 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 special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, that they were in this relationship, they were like, hey, uh, you're using taxpayer funds to personally benefit, right? Because she's going on the trips with him. And she hired him using taxpayer funds, paying him all this money, and uh, that would seem to be a RICO violation, racketeering, which she, ironically enough, like goes after everybody over racketeering charges. Anyway, one of the witnesses in this hearing, I guess it was going on now two weeks ago or so, was a fellow by the name of Bradley Campbell, if I recall correctly. He was one of the partners in the law firm that Nathan Wade was in years prior. And this guy Campbell had apparently told Trump's lawyer that Wade and Willis were, were, you know, knocking boots well before she hired him to be the prosecutor. And Willis and Wade, then that would mean they lied on their court filings when asked about this. He was then brought onto the stand. He said he had text messages, but it was all covered under attorney-client privilege, and so you can't see it. And then the judge was like, all right, well, let me see it in close, in, uh, behind closed doors, in camera, in the judge's chambers. He looked at them, and now Mr. Campbell has been brought back. Now, I don't know what he's about to say. He just got sworn in. I got to believe, though, that these messages are coming in. NCE Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. <clears throat> Thank you, Judge. Good afternoon, Mr. Bradley. Oh, Mr. Bradley. Good to Not see camp. you. Sorry, under these circumstances, um, I'm going to just go straight to where we left off before. Do it. Um, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade were in a romantic relationship, correct? 
Correct. And um, it began at the time that they were both municipal court judges, correct? Uh, objection, Your Honor, based on privilege. That will be covered in the attorney client privilege. Okay, overall. Yep. I do not have knowledge of it starting um, or when it started. Um, Terrence, you told me that it started when they were both municipal court judges, though, correct? That is incorrect. Um, you never confirmed in writing that it was instead of magistrate court, it was in municipal court judge when they were started dating? If you're speaking of the text message, you can go to that text message and you can read that text message and I will explain the text message to you. Yeah, let's do that. You and I did not have a conversation about when it started. You asked a compound question of magistrate court versus, I mean, you, you said it was magistrate court municipal, match, I mean, you said uh, match, magistrate court conference, I'm sorry. Um, and then you asked another question. I said, no, municipal court, nothing else. I'm referring to a different um, conversation. I asked you, do you think it started before she hired him? And I'm gonna object, this was covered uh, in the previous hearing, where um, Mr. Bradley said he had no personal knowledge of the exact text that Ms. Um, Virgin is speaking of and actually used uh, in, a, to, in an attempt to refresh his recollection. And he explained exactly um, what he's explaining before the court. So this is uh, repetitive and unnecessary. And so I would object to past and answered and, and relevance of this point. Perhaps we'll get there, but I think first Ms. Merchant has the right to draw his attention to the exact, potentially inconsistent statement. Thank you, Judge. Um, may I approach him? So we'll, this is the text Right, so obviously the judge, having seen the text messages, says this is not covered under attorney-client privilege, as they tried to argue a couple weeks ago to keep the messages from being admitted. Um, I only tendered a few of the texts, but I did give the state their co their courtesy copies last time um, of the exhibits. Was this one tendered? This one was not tendered. All right. And I'm happy to tender it. We'll just take it as it comes. Whatever you want. We're need. at, um, I, think, I think we're at 39. <coughs> I will wait to mark it, um, but I think we're at 39. May I approach it? You may. She's handing him a copy of the text. He is reading a printed out page of the text that he sent to her and she sent to him. She's now taking it back, walking back across the floor to her podium. All right. Um, so Terrence, do you remember telling me that it started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton? I see the message there, but I, I don't recall. Um, I do see that message, but I do not recall. You don't recall texting this? I look back at my text messages um, through uh, that we've had. I see that message, but I do not recall that. No matter. Um, and when I asked you if you start, if you thought it started before she hired him, and you responded absolutely. Your Honor, I'm going to object as to the source of the information um, that Mr. Bradley allegedly gathered this from. Um, there's been absolutely no foundation, um, and based on the arguments of the last hearing. That a lot of this is based on gossip, innuendo, assumption, uh, and privileged information. And at this point, Ms. Virgin has not 
uh, provided a foundation as to how. And you'll recall during the last hearing, whenever they tried uh, to introduce this stuff to build a foundation, the judge kept saying, foundations built, move on. Um, and under Rule 621, I can impeach him with any inconsistent facts. This is an inconsistent fact. I can impeach him with any contrary facts. Sure. This is a contrary Why would it be fact. a relevant uh, impeachment if he actually has no personal knowledge of this? If he doesn't. Sure. So I think you have to lay that foundation then, so that'll be sustained. Um, Do you have personal knowledge? Do you remember telling me that it began? Well, that's and that doesn't address the. No, not. I was. I was just asking if you remember telling me, as opposed to the okay, text. Sure. Do you remember telling me that it began? Well, no. And then you're going into the substance of it, which we haven't determined whether he actually knows or how he knows. Um. You told me. No, oh, no. That's in a bad. In fact, you corrected me when I said magistrate court. You corrected me and said it was municipal court. Yeah. Do you remember that? Same objection, Your Honor. This is, this is the exact same issue, right? Well, I'm asking if he remembers that. He hasn't answered that question yet. We need you to lay the foundation, but you can't ask any questions to lay the foundation. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> if that makes sense. I guess not. No, it doesn't, Judge. It doesn't, Your Honor. Okay, I'll keep monitoring. This is down in Fulton County. This is uh, this could potentially blow up the entire uh, prosecution team and could lead to disbarment proceedings against uh, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade, uh, who uh, we heard the other day was making Fannie calls in, in, in all hours of the night. Um, so, uh, yeah, because they lied in their representations to the court about their relationship, and various other kind of related issues to that. And you don't get to lie to the court as an officer of the court. Terrence Bradley. Terrence Bradley is the attorney, former attorney, former law partner of Nathan Wade, special prosecutor in the Trump case down in Fulton County, who was uh, sleeping with the district attorney, Fannie Willis. And then they would go and travel together using money that he got paid from her, from the taxpayers. All right, so the uh, the law partner that he had who had gotten contracts with Fannie Willis's office through his partner, Nathan Wade. Oh, and by the way, he represented Nathan Wade in uh, Nathan Wade's divorce proceeding. And by the way, this guy, Terrence Bradley, sent messages to Trump's attorney saying that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade were in a relationship before Wade got hired, um, which would, of course, prove that Fannie hired her boyfriend for the taxpayer-funded gig, even though he had zero experience doing any kind of casework like this. Um, now he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't remember text messaging with her. He doesn't remember when he knew that they were dating. Nothing. Doesn't remember anything. And so Trump's lawyer is getting frustrated, and the judge is like, you're running out of time here. And, of course, the prosecution keeps objecting, objecting. He said he doesn't know, and she keeps asking. And she's like, I'm trying to get a ballpark timeline and he's claiming not to remember any of this. And frankly, me personally, I'm not buying it. Here's the judge. And I don't know what, how he knows that. That would, be the next him, that would be the next question. But ask I first, him how he knows it. I first have to establish that he said that. No, you don't. You could go the other way around. <laughs> um, when you told me that it started when, you left, when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you gain that knowledge from? Well, 
I'm going to object because his testimony a few minutes ago is that he did not recall making that statement. All right, I'll overrule that. Mr. Bradley, answer the question if you can. I'm going to bet he doesn't remember. I bet he doesn't remember. When you told me. Oh, no. She's going to mess it up. That their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. Where did you obtain that knowledge from? Mm. Mm. It was. I was speculating. Um, oh, my God. Really? I didn't have a. Um, told me I was speculating. No one told you that? No one told me that. You were speculating based on things that had been told to you or things you had observed? So I'm going to object as to uh, the nature of uh, this line of questioning because the witness has made it clear he was speculating as to how right, but why? to do. And why? It's speculation is inadmissible for this court. All right, but the motivations for his reason for speculating would be admissible, so I'll overrule that. Yes. Thanks, Judge. Was this speculation when you told me that? Was that based on things Something. that had been told to you and things that you had witnessed? I never witnessed anything. Right. So, um, you know, it, it was speculation. I can't tell you um, anything specific. You just made it up. That's what you're, you're asking. Oh, he just you made it up. Anything specific as to why you speculated about that? No, this was however many years ago. I mean, I. I don't recall, but no, I, I don't. Did you have any reason to lie? I don't know if speculation is lying, but I'm... Well, let, let me just... I don't know if speculation is lying. You didn't ask me if I was speculating or guessing. I didn't ask you, but tell me if it says anywhere here that no, this is speculation. If this is the same one that you just showed me, it does not. And you're welcome if you need to to look at your text. Um, is there anywhere in here that indicates that you didn't have knowledge of this no. relationship? I'm going to object. The line of questioning, Your Honor, directed counsel to uh, So you see what's happening now. This guy, this attorney now, somebody's gotten to him, right? They, they've told him, like, this. Is, you need to make sure that these two don't go down for this. Everything's on the line for these two. So now he's like, oh, I, I was just making it up. I was just speculating. I, can't, I don't even know why I said that. He just so he wants us to believe that he literally just conjured out of thin air the idea that these two were sleeping together at a certain time in a certain uh, day and time, which then turned out to be true later. Coincidentally, it turned out to be true. He just made something up. He just completely speculated, not based on any information, not based on any uh, any witness accounts. He didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. He just made it up. He just speculated. Oh, yeah, they're totally dating. And then it turned out to be true. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Dude, can you give me the lottery numbers? Can you speculate for me some lottery numbers? Do me a solid here, Terrence Bradley. Admissible substantive evidence and the privilege issues are overruled. Thank you, Judge. Well, I think you just overruled the privilege objection, but we don't know when he's talking about. So we've already established that December 2018 was the date of the privilege. Sure. And that's something I covered in the in-camera hearing. And I'm based on what he told me in that in-camera hearing. Uh, I don't believe any statements to this effect were covered by privilege. 
And Judge, I just want for the record, because sometimes the record doesn't reflect where people are looking, and that when I ask a question, Mr. Bradley is looking at Mr. Wade and his lawyer to wait for them to object, and they're clearly interacting somehow in the court. So I just want the record to reflect that, because it wouldn't otherwise. It is true. Thank you. It is, and it is true. I've been watching it, too. He keeps the lawyer on the stand, this Terrence Bradley guy, he keeps looking over at... Oh, Wade is objective. On that rabbit hole. You can look wherever you want. Yeah, and I've never looked at Mr. Wade or his attorneys. That sounds quite true. All right. Mr. Bradley, the question was put to you. Oh, repeat the question, please. Yes. So I showed you, uh, or I asked you, I'm sorry, the question. This is an absolute poop show. <laughs> this is so ridiculous in Fulton County. You guys, give it up for Fulton County. All right. I mean, every single judicial district has got to be like, man, at least we're not Fulton. Wow. Oh, here he is again. He's... I recall him oh. stating that at some point they were dating. Uh, I can't tell you what date that was. It was made in confidence. We were in the back of our office. Our offices were the only two in the back. There was no one else present. That is all I can tell you at this time. One time? One time. You only had a conversation with him one time about the relationship? Objection. Asked and answered. No, I think that's a better clarify yeah. for a thorough sitting cross. Miss Merchant. I do not recall any other time that he mentioned uh, that they were in a relationship. All right, so do you believe that? This is the guy. This is Nathan Wade's divorce attorney, who tried to claim that any con any kind of conversation that he had with Nathan Wade about his dating life or whatever—that's all privileged information, all covered by attorney-client privilege—and uh, the judge was like, "No, it's not." And the only conversation he ever had with Nathan Wade about him dating Fannie Willis, who had given this guy Terrence Bradley contracts through Nathan Wade, were to believe. They never talked about him dating Fanny. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina a readiness supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Terrence Bradley is on the stand. Terrence Bradley is the former law partner of Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade, former lover of Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis hired him without any experience, I mean, of a legal nature, I should say, to uh, be the special prosecutor of Donald Trump and Mark Meadows and Rudy Giuliani and a bunch of the other Fulton County uh, Republicans that tried to prove the election was being stolen. And uh, once the attorneys for Trump et al. found out that Fannie was uh, knocking boots with Nathan Wade and then going on trips using the money that she had paid Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor despite any experience of a relevant nature to the case, um, 
Apparently, his old partner, Terrence Bradley, told this attorney for Donald Trump, Miss Merchant, uh, she of the 10,000 Maniacs firm, I believe. Uh, she, Sorry, it's an old 90s reference. Um, so she had this information. She then put it into a brief, and she filed this motion into the uh, court. But before she did, she asked him, hey, take a look at this and make sure that it's correct for accuracy purposes. And he said, okay. He looked at it. He made one correction. Had nothing to do with his testimony of when, or his representation as to when the two of these uh, lawyers, Fanny and Nathan, when they started dating. And he said it happened when they were judges, magistrate judges. That is something they deny to this very day. And they, and they said under oath that they were not in a relationship at that time. And so now this guy's on the stand trying to run cover as if he never said when the relationship began. I remember telling me about... Um, this is live. Nathan I'm, and Fawny coming to your office and spending time together at your office. I have no idea what he's about no, to say. I mentioned, um, I do recall testifying on the 16th that she had come to our office. And that was before she was elected as district attorney, correct? I recall that that was when she was All district right. attorney. I don't think there's going to be an aha moment. I think if she gets this guy to break, it's going to be over the course of several questions. But this guy is, he, you can tell, you can just tell by watching the way he's behaving. He does not want to answer these questions in a way that's going to benefit the defense attorneys. I don't know why he originally offered up this information to those defense attorneys, but he did. Um, yeah, Mark says somebody's got this guy's uh, family jewels in a vice. <laughs> it does. It does seem like that. Uh, it it seems like some people have been have been pressuring him. They they've been letting him know that it would not be a good thing for him to take down this whole case. You know, uh, Gary says Trump is so good at four dimensional chess, he is ruining district attorneys and lawyers he never even heard of because they tried to go after him. Yeah, I think that's obvious. Um, <laughs> I mentioned this earlier. Google's AI system called Gemini, it says that the best way, maybe the only acceptable way for white folks to protest is to set themselves on fire. Um, I'm just kidding. It doesn't actually say, although it's, it, it would not surprise me if it did. By the way, when this guy who set himself on fire over the Israel, uh, uh, Hamas war, this U.S. Air Force service member lit himself on fire, screaming free Palestine, and then uh, burned himself to death in front of the Israeli embassy in a form of protest. And the uh, the nihilists and Marxists and Hamas lovers, they're all out there celebrating this guy, valorizing him and his cause. And people who cover suicides and such, like reporters, are like, whoa, 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 you should not be celebrating this guy um like for example here's one um this is uh good vibe politic liberals are framing aaron bushnell's self-immolation as self-harm or a cautionary tale of mental health crisis because they cannot fathom the concept of martyrdom 
They cannot understand someone giving their lives for a cause they believe in to put their bodies on the line. Real Bugsy Cat said, uh, we uh, or sorry, here's a man who made the ultimate sacrifice in the name of human rights and justice, and yet some people can't even be bothered to take his message seriously. It's almost like they're so desensitized to violence and suffering, they've lost their capacity for empathy and compassion. And then, this is my favorite, from a fellow named Mohammed El Kurd. He said, I don't know, small or large Kurd, I'm not sure. But uh, he says, you can't protest peacefully. You can't boycott. You can't hunger strike. You can't hijack planes. You can't block traffic. You can't throw Molotovs. You can't self-immolate. You can't heckle politicians. You can't march. You can't riot. You can't dissent. You just can't be. Because you remember the good old days when you could hijack an airplane or two, right? Remember those days? Man, we Gen Xers, we may be the last generation that truly got to know the kind of freedom where you could go terrorize a bunch of people on a commercial airliner, hijack that bad boy, you know? Back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, you could set yourself on fire, right? Like back then. You could throw some Molotov cocktails at some people who were not self-immolating. You could immolate them. You could set them on fire back in the day. Man, what happened to America, man? We used to be cool. Lee Kern, who is a screenwriter for the movie Borat 2, he said, Yeah, you can't hijack planes, can't rape women, can't shoot babies in the face, can't kidnap children, can't cut people's eyes out, you can't decapitate the elderly, you can't torture girls, You can't do suicide bombs. You can't drive cars into people. You can't try to commit genocide against non-Muslims. Man, no one knows how tough it is to be a Palestinian these days. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough out there in the streets. And then my absolute favorite from this Marxist, from Kristen, who tells us her pronouns, of course, she, her. When someone said for this guy who burned himself alive, um who sacrificed himself at the altar of collectivism. That's, that was the point here. So brainwashed and deluded was he. Um, and, she, and, and someone said, uh, rest in power to this guy. You see the problem, right? Rest in power. Kristen, she, her, said, it's a nice memorial, but rest in power is for black people, and Aaron wasn't black. Uh, she said this is a white chick wearing a keffiyeh around her neck in solidarity with the Palestinos. Because today we are all Palestinos. As the, as the aunt of Elian Gonzalez famously told us. Though those many years ago, as prophesied in the era of uh, Janet Reno I. I recall. I recall. All right. Hey, maybe you have heard by now DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to North Carolina. It's coming soon, on March 11th to be exact. DraftKings is one of America's top-rated sportsbooks with same-game parlays, money lines, and props. The best features like 
Odds Boost and live betting and social betting groups where you can share your bets with your friends in real time. DraftKings is safe, it's secure and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And it all starts on March 11th. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and then place your bets on your favorite sports once it goes live. And again, it goes live on March 11th. And now here's the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 877-718-5543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, and see terms at draftkings.com slash sportsbook slash nc. Got a message from Tim who says, Nathan Wade's testimony, guy's obviously not the brightest light. Well, this is uh, Terrence Bradley. Uh, not the brightest light on the street. A good match for Fannie Willis <laughs> disbar them both. Uh, plus a little more pain. Um, let me go over here to the phone lines and get Tom on. Oh, hello, hello, Tom. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Listen, what's going on? I, I, I love your fairness and objectivity, and I'll be honest with you. Fanny Willis, now you had not say this, but I'm saying I think that she should go ahead and step aside because, you know, in a lot of workplaces you can't have that kind of a relationship with your coworker like that, and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I think, but at the same time, let's be honest. God, I'm saying she stepped down. Donald Trump has so many charges on him against him in many different states. Here's the deal with Trump: he's is a great chess player. He's hoping uh, that he will become president of the United States, and all of this stuff actually will disappear so he's he's playing the long game he's he's trying to hope it that it'll all go away well i okay so number one i think he is hoping it all goes away number two this is not one of the cases that would based only on him winning this is a state charge so he would have no power to pardon himself in this particular case so no 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 even if he got to be president he couldn't uh pardon himself not on this charge nope Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, I think he's playing the long game. Oh, well, I so- yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And uh, what the irony on this whole thing, you mentioned the workplace relationship, was that the, the guy that Fannie Willis uh, replaced and she, she beat in the election had a whole bunch of scandals uh, around uh, sexual harassment in the workplace and, and accusations along those lines. And one of the things that she campaigned on was not just getting Trump, but also... Um, saying very clearly that you should not be sleeping with people that work for you. (laughs) 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 All right. I appreciate the call, Tom. Um, And and, um, regarding Tom's comment that she should step aside. This is the thing I don't really understand is the charges don't go away. If she steps aside, if Nathan Wade steps aside, the charges don't go away. A grand jury indicted. So you just had different DAs, assistant DAs that would prosecute the case. So why are they fighting so hard to stay on the case? They should have just said, okay, you got us. Yeah, we were knocking boots. What do we, oh, well, nothing to be done about it now. All right, we'll just go ahead and uh, step aside. And, oh, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't say it like that. They would say something like, you know, for the good of the democracy and the legal system. You know, they could deny all the charges, say it never happened. That's the thing. Before they go, went under oath, they could have said anything they wanted at a press conference, right? They could have lied all over the place. Lie, 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 and then say, but in order to, you know, keep the process moving forward, not to be distracted by these frivolous accusations, 
you know, we're going to step aside. We're going to turn it over to these other people that have also been working on the case anyway. Uh, they, they're going to you know, pick right up, no days lost, bring in some other people, but we'll be out. So this way there's no even appearance of conflict of interest or, or personally benefiting you know, from, the, uh, from the, the prosecution of Donald Trump and the taxpayer money being used to fund our, our trips and, and whatnot. They could have just stepped aside on their own and that would have been it. It would have been over. But they are guilty of that which they accuse him, in this case, Trump. Hubris, right? The belief that you're not going to get caught, like a, a degree of like sociopathy or sociopathy, right? Like this, this, this level of extreme narcissism that you're never wrong, you didn't do anything wrong, even when caught, doesn't matter, you didn't do anything wrong, not you. The very thing they accused him of, being and doing, they are being and doing. It really is amazing how often this happens <laughs> in the era of Trump, right? Um, Terry wants to know, didn't this judge used to work with her or for her? Indeed, Terry. The judge hearing this case used to work for her, I believe, in the district attorney's office. Now, from what I understand, he has been described as more of a conservative judge. Now, I'm not so sure that's the case, it being Fulton County and all, but it's possible, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's possible. Now, I mentioned this earlier. There was a a Harvard-Harris poll uh, on lawfare. And let me see if I can. Yeah, here we go. A majority of voters say Democrats are using the legal system in a biased way to take out a political opponent. 58% say yes, Democrats are engaged in using the legal system in biased ways to take out a political opponent. 42% say no, no, prosecutions of Trump are fair and unrelated to politics. Prosecution of Trump are fair. Democrats, 58% say prosecutions are fair and unrelated. 42% of Democrats... 42% of Democrats say, no, they're using it to take them out. 81% of Republicans say they're using using lawfare, the legal system, to take them out in biased ways. 19% say no. Independents are split even. Then there's a question about whether or not the legal prosecutions of Trump are fair and unrelated. And uh, this one is a little bit more lopsided. uh, Democrats saying, no, it's, it's fair and unrelated. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I could not do the show without your support and the support of the businesses that advertise on the podcast. So if you'd like, please support them too and tell them you heard it here. You can also become a patron at my Patreon page or go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Again, thank you so much for listening and uh, don't break anything while I'm gone.